Welcome to Casa de Cambio. On this episode of Casa de Cambio, I am thrilled and delighted to be joined by Tishal Bao. Welcome, Tishal. Thank you, Tash. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. How's your week going? Well, we're still in lockdown. I <laughs> know. We just, for the listeners, <laughs> we started lockdown number six last night here in Melbourne. Well, at least you're still counting because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well, yeah, there's that. Um, and so today we're going to talk about leadership, specifically leadership development in women from migrant and refugee backgrounds. But before we get into that topic, I want to ask you, what are you currently watching, reading or listening to? Love that question. Um, call me a little bit of a geek, Tash. I don't actually watch too much TV these days. I think it's one of those things that I've taken on since COVID. It's like, I think I need to be spending my time a little bit more effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do quite a bit of reading. And what I'm currently reading is The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster by Darren Harvey. Mm. A very interesting book. He's actually written another book as well called The Compound Effect, where you actually work on 1% improvement every day and you become this super amazing hero at the end of it because you're just focusing on little bits of things that you can improve over time. Wonderful. Wonderful. I love that. Um, And I think it's great that you're doing more reading and less TV watching because that's something that I need to be doing. Mm -hmm. I'm doing too much TV and not enough books. So um, I really admire you for that. I've given you a great book recommendation now, so no excuse, Tash. Yeah, I've well, I've got so many books already on my bookshelf um, that need to be read. So I've got a bit of a, when I want to read, buy something else, I have that conversation. It's like, well, you've already got 10 or 15 or 20. I actually, I bought two books this week as well, um, leadership books. Um And so I have that little conversation in my head where it's like, well, you've already got all these books that you haven't read. Like, I don't think you should buy another book. Um, So I have a very long list, but I think, yeah, I need to have that behavior shift uh, because I've talked about the podcast before that COVID got me into a really bad habit of watching TV all the time. And Mm. it's a habit I'm struggling to shake. So I need to do more work on that and yet switch to books because again, like you say, it's using the time more effectively. You're doing, I think uh, one of my mentors always said to me, people do the best they can with the resources they have available to them. (laughs) Don't beat yourself up. You're doing the best you can. (laughs) Thank you. I am making a lot of podcasts as well, though. So, you know, that's that's a positive. (laughs) Um, And the other question I wanted to ask, which is a question that I ask of every guest who comes onto Casa de Cambio podcast is, uh, what is the best piece of career advice you ever received? Mm. It's called the circle of concern. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I used to be a kind of person that used to worry a lot about mm-hmm. stuff, about stuff generally. And he and my mentor said to me, Tishal, just sit next to me and I'm going to draw, draw three circles for you. So he draw, he drew an inner circle and he just said circle of control. So these are the things that I can control, my thoughts, my feelings, my actions. Then he drew another circle um, outside of that and it's called a circle of influence. So who can you, who can be your supporter to help you get what you want? So that's your influence. And the last one is really the circle of concern where we worry, we mourn, we just grumble, but nothing really comes out of it. So it sounds really simple, but what I've got here on my wall is literally three circles. And every time I have an issue, I just look at the circles and go, is it in my control? Is it in my influence? Or am I just concerned about it for no real reason? I think that's really helped, uh, not just personal, not just professionally, but personally as well. 
Yeah, that's great advice. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about uh, leadership development for migrants, refugees and asylum seekers. But before we get dig into that topic, I did want to ask you, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about your background and why this is a topic that you are so passionate about? Yes. Uh, Well, I guess I'll start off by actually saying I am a migrant. I've been in Australia for 23 years and very, very proud uh, to call Australia my home. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes we we underestimate how much this country has got to offer um, until you're actually in it. Um, And I think because we've gone through quite a bit of struggle. I mean, that's like everyone's story. I would think I'm no different whereby you actually go through struggle and there's victory at the end of it, right? But it's not without its challenges and actually having support of the right people around you to help you get through that. Um, And I guess because I was in that place before, I'm very passionate about helping culturally diverse migrants and in particular women um, to actually help them progress through the um, bamboo ceiling, the glass ceiling, call it what you like, but effectively Mm -hmm. to to, to get to their career goals um, by taking themselves out of the way. Because most of the time I feel people put themselves, people think that other things are the blockers, but in actual fact, I'm so sorry, it's them. Yeah, get out of your own way. That's another great piece of career advice. I love that. Good on you. Um, And so talking about leadership development, how one of the things I wanted to ask is we met up and had a virtual coffee a few weeks ago now, I think it was. And one of the things we talked about was authenticity and desire versus desire to fit in. So how can migrants and people that are new to Australia or new to another country balance their own authenticity and who they are against their desire to fit in and, you know, their worry about being perceived as different? Yeah, that's a really, really good question, Tash. I think it comes down to us as human beings, being migrant or being non-migrant, we all have fear. Um, and and, And fear is good because it keeps us safe, right? Uh, Because we didn't have that, we'll all be doing some crazy stuff uh, out there and injuring ourselves. But the the unfortunate thing about fear is it also keeps us in our comfort zone. Um, And uh, migrants and refugees have the same fear. It's the fear of being judged, fear of not being liked, fear of not being accepted or just not belonging. So I think that's where it sort of stems from. And um, from personal experience, I think it all starts with being comfortable and accepting us for who we are. Because if we're not accepting ourselves, the fact that we are different, we don't accept that, then how do we expect others to actually accept us? So I think that's the, the, the first point there is, yeah, learn, learn to sort of accept you for who you are. But then, and, and I think that stems from our values and everyone's got slightly different sort of value system. And I think first you just need to really identify what is it that ticks you? What is it that gets you jumping out of bed? What's important for you? What, what do you stand for? And, and once you have that, use your personal stories, your experiences, all those things set you apart for not fitting in as your strength, as to why people will be able to connect with you better. I should, I should find Australians are great bullshit detectors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you, 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 can't, you can't have a conversation with someone and try and be somebody else. They'll, they'll suss you out straight away. They're like, nah, nah, nah. Mm. the radars are going, is this really you or is yeah. you just someone else people can sniff that out pretty quickly so I think if you are just genuinely wanting to connect with people and build strong relationships because I think that's where everything stems from 
in a work environment or even personally. It's, it's building that relationship authentically by being who they are instead of trying to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. And you'll be amazed at how many people can connect with you because they, they want to know what's different about you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. Um, thank you. And then the other thing, well, another thing I wanted to ask you is what are some of the recommendations that you have for new migrants to build their networks and their leadership skills? LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say LinkedIn is one of those free platforms that you yeah. everyone can get access to. And I don't think anyone has become so accessible now than ever before. Like mm. you, you could connect with CEOs of companies, project directors, it could be anybody. And I think previously, I think maybe going back maybe maybe 20 years ago, you had to get, get through gatekeepers and secretaries before you can speak to different people, right? Yeah. Now everyone who is anybody and everybody are all on LinkedIn from a professional sense anyway. Yeah. Um, and 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 I think it's it's starting with building those connections with people on LinkedIn. But, but I think one, one challenge is a lot of people tend to connect on LinkedIn because they want to get something. But I think mm. start from the frame of giving something. Yeah. Like what if, what if people just build connections because they just want to share their story or they want to learn, like be genuinely curious to learn about other people and kind of see where that relationship sort of goes. I think, I think that's probably the starting point. And then the other thing which I know has really helped me in my career is actually having a good support network so having mentors and coaches around you that can actually help you for first you've got to be really clear as to where you want to go and mm-hmm. then you look out for people who've got um who are living the life that you desire and then tap on your shoulder and ask just ask the question are you willing to help me are you willing to mentor me um and and kind of just go from there i think sometimes it's, a, it's back to that fear question right like would somebody ever talk to me but i'm different or would they but would they not like instead of just thinking and coming back to the circle of control you can only control what you can control you can control when you send the message out you can control how you respond but you can't control what the other person thinks so you can only do what you can do yeah and I think, I can't remember where I heard this, whether it was someone who came on the podcast or a different podcast I was listening to. Um, but I think the person was saying, if you don't try, your your starting point is a no. So if you don't try or make the effort, it's already a no. So if you try and then it's a no, well, you have, you've lost nothing, but it could be a yes. Absolutely. You're 100% resonate with that, Tash. And so with your, your advice on LinkedIn, um, do you have any advice for migrants on how to engage with uh, people they want to connect with in Australia, how to get people to accept their connection requests and how to maybe get a virtual coffee or get them to meet with you? Do you have any tips on that? I do that a lot. I think that's how I connected with you. Yeah, yeah we met over LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and I think maybe it starts with not just pressing the button connect just randomly just connecting with so many people at one Mm. go make it personal Mm. like if you're if you're searching out for someone in a specific industry or sector and you know you you get recommendations of people you could connect to take the time to actually send them a personalized message as to what did you see in their profile that you liked you know was it an article they shared was it a post you know was it something on their profile that you really liked give them a a compliment if you know they have to come from a place of genuine No, I'm nodding because if someone sends me a request and says, I love your podcast, I'm accepting that request immediately. I'm like, oh my God, they like my podcast. So I'm nodding because it's true. Because I get loads of randoms try to add me and I don't accept, I probably reject more than half of them. 
And I, well, because I, the first thing I'm thinking is, is this person going to try and sell me something? Because I find that really annoying when you accept the request and then straight away you get a copied and pasted and it's always like cryptocurrency or training. And so I'm thinking (laughs) if it, if it looks like someone who, you know, is going to just do a sell and then I have to then delete the conversation and delete the connection, then I won't accept it in the first place. So I think I agree with you. The note is everything. Like if I'm connecting with somebody that, you know, yeah, like they've been mentioned in a blog by somebody I follow or, you know, somebody's told, suggested that I, you know, reach out to them. I'll put it in the note and try it. Or even like uh, there was one lady I connected with in New Zealand and I said, oh, you're wearing a David Bowie t-shirt. I have a David Bowie tattoo. So we should just connect based on that. <laughs> and then we had a really long chat about David Bowie. And, and I was like, well, this is a cool chick. Um, so even something like, oh, hey, I noticed, you know, you worked here or we have these people in common. Because I do go, if there's no note and no mutual connections, um, yeah. I don't accept the request because I think, well, why is this person trying to add me? Um, yeah. So I agree with you 100% on, you know, a, a little note goes a long way. Agree. And, and I think after that, once they've accepted the, the connection request, say thank you. Yes. Just say thank you. thank you for connecting. And and then say, hey, no agenda. Just want to chat. Are you open for a, you know, a 10-minute chat and kind of just get to know each other a little bit better? Yeah. And I think what I've been told by um, other migrants to Australia is that Australians are quite open to having a coffee. Uh, There was a woman called Maria who came on my podcast last year. Hi, Maria. Um, And she said she moved here from Colombia and she said, yeah, like I was able, I had so many virtual coffees with really senior people. They were more than happy to do it. And she said in Colombia that they wouldn't do that. That would be really hard. Um, so I think, yeah, like we are, if you, but only if you engage with us in the right way, like if we feel like it's demanding or entitled or that, you know, and there needs to be a what's in it for me. Cause I guess if you're a senior person, you have a lot of people asking for your time. Mm. So, but even saying something like, Hey, I'm, I'm a migrant. I just moved here. Um, I'm trying to build my network. Would you be open to a virtual coffee? I think most people would say yes. And if they don't, it's back to your point. They probably would have, it's, it's a no for starters. And if they say yes at the end, that's a bonus. And if they don't, they don't. Like, that, that, what is it? Seven million people using LinkedIn, I think. It's such a today. good free tool. Like <laughs> I've made so many amazing connections over LinkedIn, like you. Um, like the <laughs> most of my podcast season this season uh, is people that I've met through LinkedIn. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, and it's free. Um, and also because it is professional, people are very polite to each other on LinkedIn. So you're never, it's going to be very rare that you have someone be really mean to you. Um, yeah. it's, it's not like Twitter or Instagram or some other platforms where, which are a bit scary. Um, and so what, so we've spent quite a bit of time talking about LinkedIn. What else can migrants do to improve their network? I think it's 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 finding finding people you can connect with. So I know I know that I know LinkedIn is one one aspect of it. And I know with COVID times it actually makes it a little bit more challenging to actually have those face-to-face sort of connections and meeting people. Um, so I'm an engineer by trade. We've got Engineers Australia as a forum where people a lot of engineers sort of you know meet and meet other like-minded yeah. people. Um, so so all of that's great, but a lot of that interaction now is um 
not quite exist in existence anymore in its traditional sense because so, everyone's moved online. So that's why I'm actually back to sort of going back to LinkedIn because it's just such a great opportunity. People sitting in their house in their tracky decks can still actually have a 10 minute conversation with you and you just never know where that conversation sort of leads. But, but the other aspect of it is also um, looking out for people. And that's back to my other point before. You really need to be clear as to what you want because then it's not a, a random sort of approach, right? So, so for example, if, you, if you're a new migrant coming into the country and you're an engineer, okay, let me just, just let me have this engineering yeah. sort of example yeah, yeah. for a minute. Yeah, of um, course. And, 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 uh, and, and you're wanting to actually build your networks and then connect with other engineers in, in the industry. You may not be working in that industry, but connect with other like-minded people in that industry. And then they might connect you with other people and so on and so forth and sort of keeps going. The other thing is actually to not be afraid to ask for help and to ask for mentors and for, for mentors in the area that you're wanting to go. I mean, you know, people can actually sort of, you know, uh, sort of fumble, uh, work it out themselves, get up again, didn't quite work, try something else, try something else. But you can get there so much faster if you had someone who could actually just guide you, hold your hand and say, do this, 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 and then you, you'll get to where you want you, need to, you want to go. Yeah, um, and I know that's definitely helped me heaps in my career, and even in 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 building my business. So it's um, yeah. yeah well, works. I do that now. Like anytime, you know, I'm if a lot of the time I'm meeting with someone, I say, "Look, is there anything I can do for you?" But I also say, "Oh, is there anyone that you know that you think I should meet?" Mm-hmm. Because if you you know, that's how it starts. You have you go and have a, a coffee or a, vir- a virtual coffee, as it is now with someone, you meet them, you have a great chat. And then at the end say, is there anyone else you think I should meet that could help me build my network? And then they might introduce you to one or two people. And then they might introduce you to one or two people. And so from there, you start to build a strong network. Like I also um, had, uh, there were a couple of uh, women who migrated to Australia last year and um there was a guy called uh, Gilbert Crudnaya. Hi, Gilbert. You know who you are. I know he listens. Uh, and I saw he did a, a LinkedIn post for Maria, who ended up coming on my podcast and said, hey, she's from Colombia. So she's a change manager. So she's new to Australia. Like, can, can you guys show her a bit of love, connect with her? So I sent her a request and said, hey, you know, I've seen Gilbert's post. How are you going? Nice to meet you. Uh, and then, you know, sh- she's doing really well now, like that really helped her get into the industry and, and get a job because lots of people stepped in and said, hi, let's have a coffee. And it was COVID. So, you know, everyone's happy to do virtual coffees <laughs> when they're booked in their house. Um, yes. And, you know, then uh, I met another change manager who came from Columbia and I did that for her because she was, she came to one of my workshops um, and she was, you know, struggling to meet people and so I thought well I'll do what Gilbert did and I'll do give her a bit of a shout out and let her meet lots of people um Mm. another thing I was going to say is like going to things like meetups like just google like if it was engineering Melbourne engineering meetup you know and go to like meetup.com which has lists out all the meetups and start attending some of those virtual meetups like they're a really good way to meet people and they often have really interesting presenters or doing like a cheap online course, like the ones I offer, I have 10 people. Um, They're really good networking. Often people make good connections from those as well. So yeah, like I think, you know, and I I think it's probably a good segue into more the building the leadership skills because I know one of the uh, blockers for migrants is often they don't have their 
uh, degrees or their professional certifications recognized in Australia. And that can be a bit of a problem. So I think, yeah, if you want to book in and do like, obviously cost, you know, it can be an issue, but it, that a lot of people run free courses. Like I put out free content. So you can find the people who are maybe the leaders and see, are they running a free workshop or like, you could even say to that person, Hey, look, you know, I've just moved here and I can't really afford it, but could I promote it or could I help you in some way and maybe get a discount? You know, I mean, that's another way you can get onto some of this study um, because yeah, a lot of these courses, you meet a lot of other people who are working in the industry and they can be good networking. So I would also say, yeah, meetups, um, whatever online drinks or online forums there are for people. Um, and I, I like how you find drinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing about Australia, right? Like we're massive drinkers. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't have to be, you don't have to drink alcohol at the drinks. You can drink a soft drink. But another, yeah, somebody did say to me, I've had a few people who moved here. They're like, wow, Friday night drinks in Australia is a massive thing. Um, and I didn't realize that it was very Australian until other people um, pointed that out to me. <laughs> No, but, but you're absolutely right, because it's all about just connecting with people and finding a forum that, that allows you to do that. Um, and I think if you just come from a genuine place of curiosity, where you just want to learn about other people, you just be so amazed at what, what could, can happen as a result of it, without any having any agendas necessarily. Yeah. And I, I think and the other thing that probably comes to mind on, on the topic of even courses, right, the, the only thing that stops coming from a migrant background, oh my God, my mom was like saying to me, Tisha, if you want to move up the corporate chain, you got to do your master's and you got to do your PhD. You got to keep studying for you to climb up the corporate ranks. I'm so sorry. Based on what I've seen, I just don't think that to be true. I mm. think what people should be spending and investing a lot more of their time and energy is in themselves, working on their personal development and growth, because if you can communicate effectively, I mean, Emotional intelligence, I reckon that's like the secret weapon for leadership as a whole. Mm. If you understand who you are as a person and you can communicate and understand emotions for other people, because let's face it, we all deal with humans still, um, you can pro you'll can you be progressing leaps and bounds because I can tell you what, not a lot of engineers have emotional intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> but, we, but that's okay. We love them anyway. No, um, we do. We're not discriminating. But what I'm saying is, yeah, yeah. We, we can all get better. I hear you about the masters, like I think, but also in Australia, like uh, there are some countries that, you know, they want to see a masters to consider you for roles, but Australia is not one of those countries because I don't have a masters and, you know, it is a thought that occasionally pops into my head is, oh, should I do it? But then when you think about the cost of the masters, it's both a time cost and, you know, it's a very hefty financial cost. Yeah. Like we're talking about, you know, like it could be a deposit to buy a property cost. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of money, you know, like if I had a spare $500,000 sitting around, sure, I'd do a master and nothing to do for the next two years. Sure. Why not? But, you know, most people don't have that. And then if you think about how much time and money you're going to put into it and what is the return on that investment, like mm. I just am not seeing that it definitely means getting more executive roles or promotions. And you're right. Like there's so much other learning you can do that it doesn't have that cost, 
or price tag attached to it that can be just as effective to help you develop your leadership skills. And I know that, you know, I have two bachelor's degrees and I got those degrees because I knew at that time, I knew that I wasn't going to get the jobs I wanted without the degrees. It was a blocker. So I did it. But with a master's, so I think that's a really good point. Um, and on leadership as well, like what else? So people have migrated here, they're building their networks, they're smashing it, you know, they're finding people to mentor and guide them. Um, how do they then take it to the next level and continue to build their leadership skills, you know, in the Australian, I guess, uh, work environment? You know, they say knowledge without application is having no knowledge at all. Right. I think you can, and it's back to your topic of, of whether you do your master's or don't do your master's, whatever it is that you actually study. And if you're getting guidance from mentors that are helping you, you got to apply what you're learning. Otherwise, it's, there's really no point. And, it, and, it, and it's back to my book again on the compound effect and the 1% improvements, right? If you learn something today, you apply it. Even if it's in the smallest way, you apply it because that's the only way you retain it and it becomes part of your habit. Mm. Um, and and um, I guess the context I'm thinking about is that when you when you speak to a mentor about trying to nail an interview, say uh, you're you're a migrant, you're trying to get a job, you get a mentor, then you got to practice. Like you literally have to go and, and and just put your hand up. You know, if you get those interviews, may not be the jobs that you actually want, but go for those interviews anyway because it's an opportunity for you to practice your skills um, to, to get better. So I yep. think it's it's all about applying what you learn and uh, and keep investing in yourself, and whether yeah. it's, whether it's listening to amazing podcasts like like the ones that you're putting on, um, <laughs> and and also just investing in you know it doesn't have to be expensive courses but courses to actually help your leadership growth. But then after that, you definitely have to apply. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Um, what you talked about practicing interviews and that kind of reminded me there's an amazing group that I found through LinkedIn called Professional Migrant Women, which was started by a woman called Fabiola Campbell. Yes, and yes. they do um, practice interviews. Like I've been a guest panelist on Professional Migrant Women where people do interviews and you give them feedback as, you know, professionals in the industry. So I would recommend, and I'll put this in the show notes as I'll put your recommendations, T-Shell. But um, yeah, I, I would recommend if you're trying to build your leadership skills, particularly your interviewing skills, when you're doing that uh, in that phase of breaking into the market, definitely follow Professional Migrant Women on LinkedIn because and, and get into that group because they've, I think, really helped a lot of people. Fabiola's definitely fab. So yes, <laughs> I, I do know her. And yeah, she does some brilliant work in that space. Which yeah, is she's great. She's awesome. So Tishal, you're a bit of a superwoman. Uh, you are a full-time program manager, um, which I think is a very demanding job. And you on the side have started a not-for-profit called Grit Leadership. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about what that is? Yes, thank you, uh, Tash. I'm very, very passionate about grit leadership. Started that about 18 months ago. And the whole purpose of grit leadership is to help leaders have grit effectively. Uh, but more importantly, it's to actually lead authentically. It's to inspire millennial leaders, culturally diverse, and especially migrant um, women and men, we're not discriminating, um, to, to actually lead authentically. But how do you do that if you don't know who you are as a person? So we're very, very focused on self-leadership. Um, and all our profits actually go towards building resilient programs for teenage girls in high schools. Uh, we've partnered with another amazing not-for-profit called Flourish Girl, and Mandy, who runs that, her slogan is, we help 
girls become unstoppable women. Um, so I love the work that she's doing. So all our profits go into her not-for-profit so she can deliver impact in school. So that's going really well so far. I love that. I love that. And where can the listeners find out more about Grit Leadership? Do you have any webinars or courses coming up? Well, it's interesting you mentioned that. We do have a free leadership webinar coming up on the 1st of September. So what we do is start spring with a leadership webinar. It's at 6.30 at night uh, and it's very focused on helping leaders lead without titles because often people think that you need to have a fancy title in order to lead but mm. you don't yeah. you really don't and I can't wait to share on some really practical sort of ap- applications that you can have in your workplace um, that can actually help you stand out and, and be able to be more authentically and inspire lots of people around you so yeah definitely jump on board and listen to the webinar Amazing. And I'll make sure that the link to register for the webinar is shared in the show notes as well. That is so good. Um, so Tishel, do you have any parting words of wisdom or advice before we wrap up the episode? Wisdom. I feel like I've been doing a lot of that throughout the whole podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding. No, <laughs> no, I think, uh, you know, l- life is such that, you know, life, life is not exciting without people. People's what makes it all worthwhile. So I think it's go out there, connect with people, find your tribe, uh, and they don't need to be the same people that look just like you. Um, because and that's the amazing thing about being in such a culturally diverse sort of place like Australia. Um, just go out there and connect with people. Come from a genuine place of interest and curiosity, and you'll be amazed at where where life will take you. That's beautiful. Well, Tisha, thank you so much for being a guest on Casa de Cambio and for all of that amazing insight and knowledge you shared with the listeners. It's been such a pleasure having you. No, and thank you so very much for making the time to have me on. I love the work that you do, Tash. Thank you once again. 